Good to have you here this morning, and uh, let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and we'll begin by turning to the book of Luke here this morning, Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, and uh, <clears throat> considering a thought that I believe can hopefully be a help to you, but also a challenge to you, as uh, we find, again, a thought I'd like to bring from the Word of God, I want to speak this morning on the challenge of believing in the unseen, challenge of believing in the unseen. You know, it is a challenge to believe in the unseen. Sometimes I think it's actually easier for some to believe in the unseen as far as the world's concerned. Uh, think about this just for a moment. How many of you believe that you might get a stimulus check or you would get a stimulus check from the U.S. government? I believe a lot of people would believe, ha having not seen that check, believe that they're going to receive that check, right? Uh, people will believe in the unseen, right? Um, some people, again, when it comes to other things, they, they'll believe easily in the unseen. Like maybe there's a, a game going on, a sports game, and they're going to say, well, I, I already know the Lakers are going to beat whoever it might be. They believe there's going to be a win just because of them believing in a team or believing in something or believing in the government or believing in whatever it might be. But uh, again, as we talked about the comfort of his coming last week, I wonder how many of you really, really believe that Jesus is coming. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Nobody's seen it. There isn't anybody who's, who's observed it because it hasn't happened. But uh, can you believe in Jesus coming? It's something that's unseen. It's something I believe in that's unseen. Luke chapter 18 here, verse number 1 through 8. I just want to start here with this introductory text to the message here today. It's a challenge to believe in the unseen, and especially something that you maybe uh, have a hard time trusting in, or, or, or that sort of thing along that line. It's Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. The Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to pray and not to feign, saying, There was a judge which feared not God, and neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and the same came to him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he went not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I'll venture, lest by her continually coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust say, uh, judge saith, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Again, that verse there, verse number 8, talks about when the Son of Man cometh, and he's coming, shall he find faith on the earth. I don't think, again, this expression, again, it's in the Bible for no reason. I believe this, again, actually talks about the temperament when the Lord will return. The lack of trust, the lack of faith, the lack of active faith, praying faith, believing faith. Again, there even as you talk about this lady wanting and desiring in prayer to have something happen, her continually petitioning by faith. So we consider the challenge of believing in the unseen. It's hard, I believe, for even sometimes Christians to believe in the unseen. 
And it's certainly hard for those who are lost to believe in the unseen. But let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Believing in the unseen. Do you believe in the unseen? Oh, someone says, yeah, I believe in UFOs. I believe in ghosts. I believe in goblins. I believe in all these different kinds of things. And they might believe, again, there's aliens on other planets and all these kind of things. And they believe in things they've never seen. But we need to believe in what is worth believing, though unseen. And I believe, begin here in Hebrews chapter 11, and I wanna, want you to understand that each person in this particular, again, chapter of the Bible believed in the unseen. They believed in things they had not seen, not yet anyways, but they believed them according to the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not, uh, were, uh, that were, here I can't even read. Things are seen were not made of those things that do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated where he should not see death and was not found because uh, God had translated him. Uh, for before his testimony he had this, had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an art to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out in a place he should afterward receive it as an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of, with him of the same province, and he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I want to skip down to verse number 17, and you can consider this whole chapter maybe sometime this week. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up to Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall I see be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in figure. I'd like to you skip to verse number 23. There's a number of people we'll skip over here. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because he saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. By fear he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but endured as seeing him who is invisible. I want to consider this thought this morning, the challenge of believing in the unseen. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word again today. Uh, we thank you again for the faith that we need, the trust we need to have 
uh, to believe in what has not been seen. Again, as we look into the word of God here today, I pray that we could, by faith, believe and trust in you according to your word. Father, help us to do that. There's so many that see and believe. Help us to not see yet believe. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You know, it's noble, again, to see something and then believe it. I saw it. I believe it. I saw this miracle happen, and now I believe it. I've never seen it done before. I've never seen this particular act done by someone before, and now I've seen it. And I believe someone can do it. Somebody does something maybe in gymnastics. Maybe they do some triple type of thing or skating. They do some wild quarter type of thing, and, and someone sees it, and they say, that's the first person that's ever done it. But I didn't believe it until I actually saw it. It's one thing to see and believe. And, and it's really, really, to some degree, easy to see and believe. It's one thing to believe God can. This is something I think you, you and I can catch. It's one thing to believe that God can, but it's a whole different thing than to believe that God will. I mean, God could come back in a rapture. I believe that God can do that. Someone could say that. They could come back. The Lord could come back. His return could happen. I can believe that. That's possible for me to think along that lines. But it's a whole different story to say, I do believe. I do believe this. Or I trust in believing this. I mean, just think of the acts of faith in the Bible, especially the acts that we see just here in the book of Hebrews. Verse 7, it says, By faith, knowing, being warned of God of things not saying, yet moved with fear, prepared in art to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah moved with fear. Didn't see the judgment of God, didn't see the rain yet, didn't even see a rain of that magnitude or power or anything along that line. Yet he believed God concerning what God said. And he built this ark. It wasn't like he believed it for one day. You know, it's kind of like, you know, some people say, I, I believe this. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll believe it until it's proved wrong or I'll believe it until maybe, you know, I'll believe it for a while. I'll believe it might be, it could be, it Certainly could happen, etc. And you could be in a position where you could believe something, maybe for a time or for a while. But imagine believing in something for years and years, building an ark, spending hours upon hours, trusting God, thinking, you know, God's going to condemn the world, and I'm building an ark to save my household from this flood. And I'm building this ark so that anybody who wants to come on this ark can come on this ark with us. And Noah did that. What an absolute act of faith. He absolutely believed in the unseen. There's no doubt about it. Noah believed in the unseen. And I can say that we can see from the scripture that he believed it. He condemned the world by what he did. He condemned them. They didn't believe it. And it says as a result, he became an heir of righteousness, which is by faith. To prepare an ark to the saving of the house. We see Noah believed in the unseen. We also see that Abraham believed in the unseen. In verse 8, it says, By faith he was called to go out to a place he should afterward have for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. Didn't know anything about this place. Traveling down the road to this place. 
traveling by faith to this place. He knew nothing about this place, but God spoke to him and said, hey, I've got a place, I've got this possibility of you having there. And Abraham, he believed that promise. He believed that promise to begin with. And so the Bible says in verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in a tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of him with the same promise. You're going to have an inheritance. He believed in an inheritance. He believed in a city that he must have been told about. It said, it's in verse number 10, it says, for he looked for a city who has a foundation, whose builder and maker is God. I have to believe that city that's talked about here is heaven. Not just because I think that might be what it, this city is talked about as heaven, because it, it mentions there in verse number 14 that it is in heaven. He believed in heaven. He hadn't seen it. He believed in Canaan. He hadn't seen it. He believed in the unseen. Verse 14, for uh, they that had such things declared plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had come out, they might have opportunity of return. But now they desire a better country, that is heaven, a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city, a heavenly city. I look forward to heaven. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I, I preach about heaven and hell. I haven't seen either one of them. You say, you're out of your mind. No, I believe God. Verse 6 of this chapter says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, I haven't even seen God, much less heaven, much less hell, much less many of the things I believe in. And someone says, well, how do you believe these things? By the word. I haven't seen them, but by his word I believe them. Hebrews chapter 7, let's turn over there. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 25. You know, believing in the unseen is not easy at times. Believing in the unseen is not something that we normally do as people. It's not what we do. We don't believe in the unseen. We believe in what we do see. Hebrews chapter 7 here, verse number 25, it says, Wherefore he's able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's able to save. You know, people can believe that. He's able to save, but you run into people that believe they can't save them. He's able to save, but he can't save them. And you wonder, what, why, why do you think you can't, God can't save you? Or why do you believe he can't save whoever it might be? Someone might say, I know this guy. I mean, he's just out there. She's out there. I mean, they have, you know, tattoos about the devil. They worship the devil. They're, 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 they're gone. They're, they're beyond hope. There's no way that they could ever be saved. How do you know that they're just not mixed up in a false religion? It's, it's just a religion that maybe is not maybe as bad as maybe the religion that maybe I came out of or a lot of people come out. Well, that Satanist, that person, there's no way they could come out of that. They couldn't? Wasn't Mary Magdalene possessed by seven devils? I think we got to remember, you know, God is able to save to the uttermost all that come to him. Well, someone says that person, again, is involved with this sin or that sin. They're beyond, they're beyond uh, being able to be saved. No, God says he is able to save. The Old Testament says he's mighty to save. He is strong to save, the Bible says. If we don't believe he can save, 
It's a lack of belief on our part. You know, believing in unseen deals with trust. Do you trust God by faith? You know, Abraham was willing to move to a place by faith he had not seen. I believe, again, it wasn't something that was necessarily easy for him to do. Let's turn to John chapter 10, if you would. John chapter, no, John chapter 20. Sorry about that. John chapter 20. Believe me, non-seen. I, I know this is what God would be pleased with. This is what Jesus would be pleased with. We know we can be critics, so to speak, of the faith of Thomas. I wonder how many times in life we don't believe in the unseen. Those things that we can't see. Though we, we can see stuff and we believe that, but we're not going to believe that which we don't see. Let's pick up here in John chapter 20 and verse number 18. John 20 verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And the same day in the evening being the first day of the week when the doors of the, uh, uh, were shut for the disciples were assembled for the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst of them and saith unto them peace be unto you and when he had said so he showed unto them to them sorry his hands and his sides then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord then said Jesus to them again peace be unto you as my father has sent me so even send I you and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receiving the Holy Ghost, whosoever sins you remit, they will be, are remitted of them, and whosoever sins are retained, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust in uh, my hand in his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again the disciples were with him, and Thomas saith unto him, then, then came the Lord, and the doors being shut, stood in the midst, and said unto the peace be still. Then saith Thomas, reach hither thy finger, and believe, behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many are the signs truly to Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have faith through us. Uh, might have light through his name. You know, you see in this account several things, and I just want you to notice, first of all, here in verse number 18, Mary Magdalene came and said, you know, we've seen the Lord. Told the disciples we've seen the Lord. And you find in this passage of Scripture, it really isn't until they saw the Lord, I believe that they believed. And it really wasn't until Thomas saw the Lord that he believed. Even though in verse number 25 it says the disciples therefore said, we have seen the Lord. Imagine if a group of people like us or whoever it might be, uh, we come and we say, we've seen so and so. He was in North Dakota today. I mean, you don't believe, you won't believe it, but he was in North Dakota today. You know, whoever it might be. Theodore Roosevelt. No, just kidding. No, he's dead. But I just say, 
Well, he's from, you know, as North Dakota stint. So anyways, uh, Theodore Roosevelt was in North Dakota, and, and all of us said together to someone that we know, we say, we've seen Theodore Roosevelt. Now, if Theodore Roosevelt was alive, maybe you'd say, yeah, I, I get that. But what if we said, you know, maybe someone that we know, maybe someone that you're familiar with, someone maybe that you're very familiar with, someone that you walked with for years and years and years, and, and you're the disciples, and you're in a position, and one of us wasn't here. Isn't it incredible for people not to believe the Lord? To some degree, but yet at the same time, I wonder how much sometimes we believe the Lord. You know, if, if we said, you know, I saw Melania Trump in North Dakota, someone said, what in the world was she doing here? I saw Joe Biden in North Dakota. You say, really, what was he doing here? This isn't even a blue state. No, just teasing. <laughs> you, you probably, if there was a number of us there that saw him, and I'm talking 11, 11 from different families, 11 different people, 11 different witnesses, and we all say, we have seen him. Yet you say, nope, not doing it. You'd say, man, that guy, he's hard to persuade. He might be hard to persuade, but I wonder how much we are like that as believers. Except I see him. Except I put my hands in a side. I'm not going to believe this thing. I'm just not going to go for that. We see in verse number 29, the Bible says, And Jesus saith unto Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. You know, it's a blessing to see some believe who haven't seen. And why do they believe? The Bible says in verse number 21, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. We see the blessedness here of believing here. Jesus mentions it's a blessing and he is blessed, and God is blessed when we see not. We see nothing, and yet believe. But often we only believe because we see. Only believe because we see. Back here in John chapter 20, verse number 1, let's look back here. We often believe because we see. If we see it, we believe it. If we don't see it, we're not going to believe it. We're not going to trust it. We're not going to... Again, uh, follow it or, or, or experience trusting faith in it. John chapter 20, verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, and it was dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Uh, then she running cometh to Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And we know that the disciple that Jesus loved is John. It saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. We know not whence they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and they came to the sepulcher and they both ran together and the other disciple did outrun Peter. John a bit quicker there. They came first to the sepulcher and he stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went not in. Then come Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and see if the linen clothes lie in the napkin that was about his head and not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came at the first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. 
John saw and believed. He's one of the the greatest, I believe, of the disciples of the Lord. He saw and believed. And he wrote, Blessed are those that don't see and believe. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. It's it's certainly easier to see and, and then believe. You know, we sometimes maybe look at the Bible and say, maybe it's Gentiles. I wish I could have been around when the Lord was here. I wish I could have been here to see the miracles that he did. I wish I could have been at least here, maybe when some of those guys like Elijah were around, or maybe Daniel were around, or, or some of those Old Testament prophets were around. And then I believe, 1 Kings chapter 10 here, verse number 1, it says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove it with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a great train and with camels that bear very much gold and precious stone. And when she has come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hidden from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen, and I have this underline in my Bible, seen all Solomon's wisdom, she's seen it, and the house that he had made, and the meat of his table, and the, and the city of the service, and the tenants of the ministers, and their apparel, and their cupbearers, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. She said unto the king, It is a true sport that I heard of mine own hand of thy acts and thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came. And my eyes have seen it, and behold, the half has not been told. Thy wisdom and prosperity and exceeding the fame that I heard. Happy are the men, happy are the servants, uh, which stand continually before thee, and, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loveth Israel forever. Therefore made he king to do judgment and justice. But the queen of Sheba, she wouldn't believe. She had been told. She had been told about the wisdom. She had, you know, decided to check it out. And again, I, I think, again, one thing that we need to understand when it comes to our experience in believing the Lord and even getting saved by grace, you need to go look into the scriptures and consider what the Bible does says. Our faith today is not going to be in seeing Jesus. I, I need to report that you're not going to see Jesus. Not going to see Jesus on this side of heaven. I mean, you might see him if you're a Christian. You might see him in the air. You might see him then. I understand that thing, but... Uh, don't count on seeing Jesus. There are people probably counting on, I just need to see Jesus and I'll believe him. i never seen Jesus on the cross. I don't even know if he did that. The reality is our faith is believing in the Son of God, believing in his name, believing in his blood, believing in the gospel, believing in salvation by grace, believing in the unseen. I haven't seen the creation, but I believe God created everything. I believe the record of the universe bears witness of of a God who's unseen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. The challenge of believing in the unseen. How can we believe or what should we do with the unseen? Well, first of all, we should seek to believe in the unseen by the word of God. We see that in Hebrews. All those in Hebrews believed in what they believed in. 
by the word of God. And uh, again, that's, that's all we have. And really, that's to much degree, that's all they had. I understand, again, you might, you might uh, argue that they had more than that. And they may have, in some instances, had more than that. I mean, God appeared to Abraham. God appeared to Moses. I understand that. But they still just believed the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7, the Bible says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. For the believer, they are to walk by the unseen, not by what they do seen. And that's often hard to do, isn't it? It certainly is. You can look at your bank account and you can say, you know, all I see is this. It's all I see. Is that what you see? Is that what I see? That's all I see. You can look around in society and you can say, well, this is what I see. And so that's what I believe. Do we believe only in what we see? These in Hebrews chapter 11 didn't believe in all they had seen. They believed in what God promised they would see. And I, I believe that's what we need to believe. We need to, we need to believe in what uh, God has promised we'll see. We'll see the salvation of the Lord. We'll see again, I, again, I believe by faith, someday we'll see the tribulation come to this world. We'll see these things. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, back to our text there. Hebrews 11, verse number 7, it says, By faith Moses, being warned of things not yet seen, as yet, moved with fear, prepared an art to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which, by, which is by faith. It is necessary for us to hear the word of God, obey it, follow it, believe it, though we haven't seen it. What if Noah hadn't done this? There wouldn't have been anybody to provide for humankind. No, our, we might talk about we're through Adam. No, we're actually through Noah and his family. I mean, yes, we're through Adam. I mean, Noah came through Adam, but I'm just saying we're through Noah and his family. And he obeyed God. He followed God. He built an ark to the savings house by it. He condemned the world and he saved again all these animals and all these things. And he, he did this by faith. He lived on that ark, as I mentioned here last year, for so long before he finally found safety on dry land. I mean, imagine going through that storm and even going through that storm, maybe wondering at sometimes, is this ever going to end? I mean, can you imagine the storm that would flood the world? What kind of storm that would be like? It's not some little storm on Devil's Lake or some storm maybe, I mean, you think about it. I, I think about it. I think it must have been humongous, incredible uh, I mean, uh, I mean, just think about the waters lifting up and think about God, how he created the ark just to be so what it needed to be so that they wouldn't be destroyed. But a window, a window, as I said, of hope that I believe that he put there so that they could look out and see outside and get the air that they need, etc. But he obeyed the orders of God. He listened to the orders of God. He believed in what God said concerning the destruction of this world. Let's turn to John chapter 6. But it's easy sometimes for us maybe to slip in faith, to look in, uh, around and say, you know, this is all that I see, and this is all that we have, and this is all that uh, maybe, again, that's, it, it, it is here. And, 
and we can look at, at the vantage of, of things only by the eye that we, you know, God is gracious to give us an eye that can see, and certainly we can discern some things by what we can't see, but it's hard sometimes when we look around and, and, and maybe God even challenges us to look for the unseen. John chapter 6 and verse number 5, it says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come to him and say to Philip, whence shall we buy bread that we may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he knew himself what he would do. And Philip saith unto them, two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient that every one of them have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto them, there's a lad here which have five uh, barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I mean, look at the thing they just said, hey, this is way too much. There's too many. There's no way to provide for this. I mean, Philip says, hey, this is how much it takes. He's like the calculator, you know, the calculator, the mathematical guy. Hey, this is what it's going to take to give everybody a little. Everybody gets a little. We got, let me see, 200 penny worth of bread. And we're, it's, not, it's still not going to be that 200 penny worth. That's not going to be enough. And then Andrew, he comes along and he says, you know, we got this guy here, this lad here with five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Oh, does he? Oh, he has faith. Andrew has faith? No, he doesn't have faith either. None of these guys really have faith. But yet the Bible says there in verse number 10, and Jesus saith, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass there, and... Uh, the men sat down, the number of them, 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes, and as much as he would. And when they were filled, he saith unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore he gathered up uh, the fragments, etc. In verse number 14, it says, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, saith on, this is the truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Their faith was built on something they had seen. And uh, we find here in the Bible, God here helps them to see that it's not about what you can see. It's not always about what you can see. We can look around, we can say, 200 penny worth, not enough. Few fish, few loaves, not enough. But what about God? What about God in this situation? For the Christian, they should be looking to God rather than everything they can see. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Again, we could look at each of these individuals here in Hebrews chapter 11. We won't because... Uh, the, the message would be like the, maybe the Puritan messages of the past four hours long or whatever it might be and we're not used to that and that sort of thing. But anyways, we'll consider here believing in the unseen. We need to trust God and trust in the promises of God when it comes to the unseen. We see this not only with Noah, we see this with Abraham. I want to also have us see this also with Moses. It's important that we see Moses here. Because I, I think it's, it's, it's one of the most wonderful parts of this chapter of the Bible. Moses' testimony of believing in the unseen. 
Verse number 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because he saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he has come to year, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt, for he had respect on the recompense of the war. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he be destroyed. Uh, the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do, were drowned. It goes on and mentions some more people that acted by faith, but I want to see... You can see here that Moses indeed trusted God by faith for the unseen. He trusted God for the unseen. He had before him, as you see there in verse number 25, he had the pleasures of, of uh, sin for a season before him. He could have continued as a prince in Egypt. He could have continued in a, in a position of being uh, someone, again, who was adored by the world, someone with fame, someone with greatness, someone with notoriety, someone praised of men, somebody with power in a nation. But he refused it all. Refused it all. And he chose, verse 25, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose to suffer. He had not suffered, but he would suffer, choosing to be one who would lead God's people, one who would Trust in God, although he feared to lead. We could go on and on and look at, 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 at Moses, but he chose to be a person of faith rather than a person who enjoyed the pleasures of sin for a season. No, every person needs to choose that. Pleasures of sin for a season or to suffer with the people of God. I wonder how many great invitations you hear people giving of, hey, you know what? I want you to make a choice today when it comes to salvation. You, you want to choose the pleasures of sin, which are for a season or for just this life for maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years? Or do you want to choose by faith to suffer with the people of God? See, all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. And you say, well, did I? Did I? No. Everyone has to do that, in a sense. They have to willing to suffer. They need to do what needs to be done by God. I mean, Abraham, just think about his faith. I mean, how it was tried. For years and years and years, he was promised a son and never got it. And what did he do, like most people would do? They, they lapse in faith. They struggle in faith. Oh, I'll just go out and get somebody else. I'll have a child with this person. not going to have it with this person. We're just going to go do this thing. He lapsed in faith. The challenge of faith is expressed here by Moses. In verse number 27, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but endured as seeing him who was invisible. He chose to follow Jesus. He chose not to fear the king. He chose to exercise faith. And even as he left there, as you think, see there in the Bible, we don't have time to look at it, but even as he, he left by there by faith, he was... He was in a place where he almost suffered death by faith. I mean, they wanted to stone him. 
There's all kinds of things they want to do with Moses there if you look at the Bible. His faith was challenged often as he tried to lead people by faith. He tried to believe in this God who continually told him certain things. Go here, do this, do that, whatever it might be. And he, he took those steps of faith. And he believed God. And he believed the promises of God. And yes, he wavered in faith. Yes, he smote the rock and he didn't go into Cain land. But he's an example of the Bible of someone who believed in the unseen. Can we believe in the unseen? Let's turn to Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78. Can you believe in the unseen? I hope you can. I, I hope I can. I hope I will. I, ho- I will. I hope I'll be numbered with those when the Son of Man cometh. You'll find faith in me. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in you? We have saving faith. Will you have uh, saving faith? But not only that, serving faith and living faith and faith that believes God. Psalm chapter 78 here, verse number 19, the Bible says, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, He smote the rock, and the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for the people? Therefore the Lord heard this, and he was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and the anger was against the camp of Israel, because they believed not in God, and trusted not in his salvation. It's sad to see people not trust God in his salvation, his deliverance. His ability to furnish food in a wilderness. God can provide. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 68. God will provide. God is able to provide. But not only can he, is he able to provide, he will provide for his people. You'll see that throughout the Bible. Psalm chapter 68, verse number 10, it says, Thy congregation dwelleth therein. Thou, O Lord, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word, great is the company of those that publish it. Kings of armies did flee apace, and, and she that tarried uh, home, uh, home divided the spoil, though ye have leaned among the pots. Yet you have, ye have uh, wings of dove covered your silver, her feathers with yellow gold, when the Almighty scattered uh, the kings in it. It was as white as the snow of salmon. The hill, of, the hill of, the, of God is in the hill of Basham. The hill, his high hill is in the hill of Basham. Why leap ye, uh, ye, ye hills? This is the hill which God desireth uh, to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are, are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts of men. Yea, for the rebellious also the Lord might dwell among them. Uh, among them. Blessed be the Lord that daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the Lord God of our salvation, say law. He that is our God is the God of salvation. And, the God, and unto God belong the issues from death. Verse 35, O God, thou art terrible in thy holy place. The God of Israel, he uh, is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. We are to exercise trust in God. We are to exercise faith in God. 
in the unseen, for provision, for souls, for the future, whatever it might be. Let's turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, I'm just about done. Let us not be of those that turn back, that do not see what we need to see, that do not believe what we need to believe. Psalm 78, verse number 9, the Bible says here, And the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of, of God and refused to walk in his lot. They forgot his works and his wonders which he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea. It goes on and talks about that. He uh, gave water from the rocks, verse number 15. In verse 19, it says, Yea, thou shalt... They spake against him. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Verse 20, Therefore he smote the rock, the water gushed out. Can God bring bread? Can he provide flesh for the people? He did all these things. We can look through the Bible and we can believe that God can, but not only God can, God will. Let's turn back to John chapter 20. I'm going to close with John chapter 20. It's needful for us to understand that it is much better on our part, if possible, for us to believe in that which we haven't seen. That's not my thoughts. That's Jesus' thoughts. John chapter 20, verse number 28, it says, And, and Thomas answered and saith unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciple, which are not written in his book. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. What does God want us to do as far as the challenge of the, unbel- of the believing, of the unseen? He wants us to believe God for the unseen, according to his word. He wants us to obey God concerning what he'd want us to do as far as the unseen. He wants us to avoid slipping into a place where we walk by sight and and not by faith. He wants us to trust God for the unseen, and he doesn't want us to turn back in the day of battle, as Ephraim did, just because of what they saw. Let's close as we consider the Word of God here this morning.